Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., as in fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, July 27, 2021, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today, we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 6, Into Action, on page 74. We will be reading and commenting on the first paragraph only on page 74, which begins with, if we cannot or would rather not do this, and ends with, but always considerate of others. Today's readers are Marge E, Dara L, Diane B, Nancy C, and Crystal P. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, July 26, 2021, are 17,425 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, that's 17425, and 17,426 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, that's 17426. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Marge E. to read the OA 12 Steps. Thank you so much, Rebecca. This is Marge E. from Massachusetts. I am recovered but not cured. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 
10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me to do service, and I pass. Thank you, March E. I will now ask Dara L. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Great. Thank you so much. This is Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you. Thank you, Dara L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. 
Today we resume our study of the big book and we will be reading and commenting on the first paragraph only on page 74, which begins with, if we cannot or would rather not do this and ends with, but always considerate of others. I will now ask Diane B to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning. This is Diane B. calling from New Rochelle, New York. Very gratefully recovered and very happy to be doing service. If we cannot or would rather not do this, we search our acquaintance for a close-mouthed, understanding friend. Perhaps our doctor or psychologist will be the person. It may be one of our own family, but we cannot disclose anything to our wives or our parents, which will hurt them and make them unhappy. (coughs) Excuse me. We have no right to save our own skin at another person's expense. Such parts of our story we tell to someone who will understand yet be unaffected. The rule is we must be hard on ourselves but always considerate of others. So I'm Diane B. again from New Rochelle, New York. Um, So the first time that I ever did my fifth step, which was in 1986, yes, I actually asked my psychologist if she would take it, and she said no because um, she said that I would have to pay her to listen and that she preferred that I found someone that I trusted who could do it without having to do it, which actually worked out really well. Unfortunately, I didn't tell all my deepest, darkest secrets because I was embarrassed and I was, you know, ashamed. Um, So I've actually been doing the steps many, many, many times since then, Um, But what I have learned is that I do have to be careful of other people's feelings. I can't just say things or reveal things um, like it says to to save my own skin. That doesn't work, and it's not fair to the other person. So um, as much as I need to be hard on myself, meaning that I have to be fearless and thorough, and I also need to be completely honest, um, I always have to think about other people. So... um, Like I said, it was really hard for me to do this the first time, but every time since it's gotten a little bit easier for me, mostly because at first I was really kind of like, I don't know, thinking about all the stuff that I had done and how horrible I was and, you know, beating myself up with this information. Today I look more of it as, like it says in the big book, that it's, um, you know, it's an inventory that if I'm going to get down to the basis of things, if I'm going to get down to the root then I really need to be honest about it. Um, there was a time when I would rather not do this, and you know, in the book it says that these are suggestions, and in the rooms I always heard these are suggestions, do what you want, leave the rest. Well, I never got recovered that way. It just didn't happen. So now I know, today I know that, yes, these are suggestions because Bill and the others couldn't say this is what you have to do because then nobody would read the book or follow it because as as compulsive eaters or as addicts, we're very defiant, or at least I am very defiant. So if you tell me I have to do this, I'm going to go around, turn around and do the opposite. Um, But even though these are suggestions, I know that I have to do this work if I want to be recovered and if I would like to stay recovered and live my life happy, joyous, and free. Um, Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. So um, this paragraph for me is very important because, like I said, I did ask my psychologist. She wouldn't do it. I wasn't honest in the beginning. I can't save my own skin. There's so many things in here that are just so important in terms of 
this part of the process of getting to recovery. And so thank you for allowing me to do service, and with this I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Diane B. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you haven't shared on A Vision for You on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the first paragraph only on page 74 in the Madam? Janet B. or would rather not do this through but always considerate of others, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. And I did hear Matt M. and Janet B. Anyone else? Linda D. Linda D. Nadia B. Nadia B. Okay, we have Matt M., Janet B., Linda D., and Nadia B. Did anyone else unmute and was about to give their name? Jane S. Is that S as in Sam? Yes. Gotcha, Jane. Okay, should we close this group or is anyone already unmuted ready to give their name? Okay, that'll do. Matt, Janet, Linda, Nadia, and Jane. Matt, go right ahead. Hi, can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, I, 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 okay. Matt, I did hear you. I just had already muted. Go ahead. Matt, I'm compulsive over here from New Jersey. I just wanted to share, I've always looked to other people to, save, to fix me and to save me, and that's not the way to work this program to be recovered. I had a friend of mine, a close friend of mine, who was, like, taking care of my finances, shopping for my food, cooking for me, and shopping, like, food groceries for me, and I relied on her as my higher power. And our relationship suffered because of it, and we became estranged. You know, we weren't talking for a while because she said I was you know, I became toxic for her. And then I expect my sponsors to fix me as well. I expect other people to tell me what to do, and then I do it. But then, you know, as somebody said before, I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm defiant. I'm like a little child that doesn't want that says, no, mommy, I'm not going to do it. And I decide not to do the things that I have to do to get recovered. So I have to find another way to do things and learn to look the steps the way I'm supposed to be in the big book and listen to my sponsor's directions and take those 72 musts in the big book and you and work them the way they're supposed to be because, you know, even though they're suggestions, they're actually you need to do. You need to do them to, to survive in this program, in this world. I'm very grateful that I'm doing work in the program the way it's supposed to be worked and I'm going to call my sponsor today, go move, move forward and under different other steps, step 10 today and take it one day at a time. I'm very grateful I'm absent. I'm not binging my brains out like I was. Uh, a couple couple of months ago, and I'm very grateful just for today. I'm doing it one day at a time, and this program is a wonderful program. It saved my life, and I should be dead 10 times over. I'm very grateful. I'm grateful for the people I have in my life who care about me. That friend that, was, that, that I wasn't talking to, we're talking again, and we're, we're I'm getting my, my relationships. We're trying to repair my relationships. I have, like, you know, I, I was like a tornado running through the lives of the people, you know, and saying, hey, my, ain't the world grand or something for the big book, you know? It ain't great in the wind I'm blowing. And I'm very grateful that I don't have to do that. With that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Matt M. 
Janet B. Good morning. This is Janet B. Recovered from compulsive eating and bulimia in New Jersey. So here it says the rule is we must be hard on ourselves. Well, that's that's an interesting line because, you know, I heard all my life, you're too hard on yourself. You're too hard on yourself. Because I was always beating myself up, just this vague sense of badness and unworthiness. And that, I think, can get in the way of our step two, coming to believe that God can restore us to sanity. Because if I believe I'm bad, if I'm unworthy, then I'm thinking, well, God could restore other people to sanity. He could restore me to sanity if he wanted to, but he won't want to because I'm bad. And I was thinking about that one day and thinking that being bad, being hard on ourselves and just thinking we're bad, um, that would never stop me from, let's say, going to the orthopedic surgeon if I broke my leg, saying, you know, hi, doctor, I broke my leg, I need a cast, but I'm just not a good person, so, yeah, you probably shouldn't do it. We would never do that. And yet when it comes to God, suddenly we feel we have to be these, like, have sterling moral character in order to go to him, like the great divine physician. And that's not true. And nowhere in this book does it say that worthiness and goodness is what opens the door to God's help. It says willingness and a belief, a belief that maybe, maybe he can help me. Um, And a willingness to step out in faith. And then by now, we're on step five. But remember, we're, um, we're on step five only after we've come to believe in the goodness of God, come to believe that he can restore us to sanity, come to trust him enough that I could turn my life over to him and knowing that his plans for me are always, always going to be better than anything I plan for myself. So then, and only then, can I look at this vague sense of badness and get the boogeyman out of the closet and say, oh, okay, I was really selfish here. I was dishonest here. I shoplifted here. I was brutally unkind and mean-spirited and vengeful here. Because I know that just like the doctor who's going to give me a cast, God is going to give me like, I don't know, a spiritual cast and will help me. And that when I do these things and I'm hard on myself and I have these defects before me in black and white, then and only then can I be comfortable in knowing that in in step seven, even though I created this mess, my loving God loves me enough that he's going to remove this mess for me. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Janet B. Linda D. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. So very grateful and awed to be recovered for quite a while in Connecticut. I'm recovered. I'm not cured. I bring my humanity and a certain amount of humility. I hope it's enough to this meeting to learn how to be human how to fail, how to get up, and how to heal. When I um, first came to the program, I had an advantage, although I wouldn't have called it that. I was terrified of where I was 
in my life, in my thoughts about myself, in my level of contempt for myself, and um, seeking uh, outward love. The love of a man, actually, is the reason I came. So I look good naked. Oh, well. So what? But, I mean, it's nice. But (laughs) anyway... Um, so it's a while later and I look good naked and these are the jokes folks. and um, there I am and why would I come today because this program works I'm on a life and death mission I was uh, 37 38 years ago when I came in and I am today is my hair on fire yeah it's on fire in that I'm going to pursue this not in the terror that I felt because these steps work. And I came with no higher power, with a big question mark and a lot of doubt and so so sure I was right, the smart ass, the overly intellectual bull crap. I had to put it aside eventually because it creamed me and I had to investigate with an open mind. I had to turn my ideas and my actions over to this question mark and see what happened. And you know what happened? I found out it was love. The same thing has been spoken of. Love. Yeah. For me as I am with my warts and all. I love you with your warts and all. Jump in the boat. This is the only thing that works. And otherwise, it's real ugly. Real, real ugly. And with that, I pass. Thank you, D. Nadia B. Good morning, Rebecca. So good to hear your voice. Thank you for your service. This is Nadia B. Gratefully recovered in Connecticut. Um, What stood out to me today uh, in this paragraph is uh, why are we reading this book? <laughs> because um, we need a connection to the power. And so in order for me to, and, and this is a direction on how to get there. And so um, here I am with my inventory already and, you know, seeing some of the defects uh, that that I have, my own inventory I need to discuss it with someone else. And this is instructions on how to pick that someone else. I don't just go and, you know, vomit it on the meeting, my inventory or whatever it is. I have to have a friend who is going to do that in a a, um, closed mouth, right, intimate setting. Uh, and understanding, understanding of what, understanding of, of what I'm doing here. You know, this is a life and death errand for someone like me, for someone who is an addict and suffers from this, uh, you know, deadly illness. And um, so that that for me today, this has to be done in confidentiality. So. This person is trusted. You know, I know that this will not go uh, further than than this discussion. It will not. I will not be gossiped about. I will not be talked about somewhere else. 
um, that this person understands what I'm doing. And I do pick those people uh, today as my friends in program, people who will listen to me, people that I actually trust. They're, I call them friends in today uh, because that's what... Uh, because that's what my book suggests. And when I do this, this program works. Because like all of you guys, I was not very trusting of human beings. Um, and some of them are not to be trusted. And so today, um, you see, I follow this uh, program because this process works. If I follow it, if I want to recover this is what I have to do. And I have to be vigilant and careful with what I'm doing. And that, yes, there are rules. Uh, it says the rule is we must be hard on ourselves, but considerate of others, of other abilities to do this work with me, of their uh, qualities. And therefore, I take these people carefully, cautiously, not compulsively. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Nadia B. Jane S., and then we'll take more names for sharing. Jane S. Oh, good morning. I'm Jane S. Uh, in New Hampshire. Can you hear me? Uh-huh. Oh, great. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Thank you, everyone, for your service and being here on the line. Um, I'm very grateful to hear myself say that I'm recovered from compulsive overeating today. Um, <laughs> and I'm neutral around food for the first time in um, 60 years of my life. So this program has saved my life. And this time around, it's been so different. I'm in a new big book. I'm having a new experience. And uh I was able to uh, do the steps a few months ago with a new sponsor. Um, and, and what is stuck out to me in this paragraph today is understanding. I see it twice. Understanding. I have to find an understanding person and I have to be, I have to share and tell my story and share my dark secrets and the things that I really only want to keep in my head uh, with another person who understands and uh uh, you all understand on this line, and I've got to know some of you personally um, because I'm able to share with you and you're able to share with me. And there is a power in that that I just can't even describe. Um, recently, having gone through the steps again, um, clear of food this time, uh, looking at my part in things has been has just been exponential. But being able to really truly look and share a fifth step with someone who understands and just listened. And the only time she put input in, she related to me. And she shared a story that helped me feel like I wasn't as bad as I thought I was. And I wasn't as unworthy as I thought I was. I'm just a human being. And I have a disease. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm healing. And then um, the tremendous power for me and just miracle has been that I've been able to now hear my first step from my sponsee who shared her first step not too long ago. And I learned so much from that because I just listened from an understanding place in my heart that God has taken me to and takes me to every day. And um, 
it's just an incredible way to live today and to be able to share with others and have others call me so that they can share with me because they they know that I will listen and and that I understand where they're coming from. And so that's what really stuck out for me today. So thanks for letting me share, and uh, thank you all for your shares. You helped me to stay sober one day at a time or abstinent, I should say. Thank you. Love you all. Thank you, Jane S. Okay, if you haven't shared on A Vision for You on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the first paragraph only on page 74 in the big book, if we cannot or would rather not do this through but always considerate of others, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Christina J. Karen K. Wait a minute. I heard Christina J. and Karen Okay, and then who was the third person? Deanna P. Shanna oh, C. Okay, wait one second. It's three people, and I don't write that fast. So Deanna something, P, I think, and Shanna, and then there was a third. Oh, Crystal. Jennifer C. Okay, Jennifer. Penny C. Penny. Um, Okay, what do you say? Was anybody else about to give their name? Okay, I'm going to... Did you get my name, Penny? I did, Penny. I heard Thank you. So I didn't catch all the last initials, but I've got Christina J., Karen K., Deanna P., Shanna, Crystal, Jennifer, and Penny. So Christina J., go right ahead. Morning, <clears throat> Christina J. from the state of Washington this morning. Uh, grateful to be on the line, recovered for today. Always an emotional recovery. Uh, yeah, so when I was first in the rooms of OA, way, way, way back when, one of the best rooms I was in at the time, which I thought was wonderful, was a big church room with comfy chairs and love and support, and boy, I needed that. I was so ashamed. Uh, and guilty of what I was doing, and I didn't understand it. And uh, the room didn't have much recovery. There wasn't any big book readings. There was just kind of a topic for the day, and we shared and commiserated. And that was the beginning I needed. Uh, I never got to any fourth or fifth. I started on a fourth ad nauseum questions that went on forever. And during that time, God revealed to me some horrific thing I had done uh, that I was horrified by. I thought, boy, I could be arrested for this if I reveal this. There was also a woman in the room who uh, came to one of our meetings, was all gung-ho, and then we were talking about the fourth step one day, and she said, oh, my God, and the fifth step, she said, oh, my God, I have to reveal this to somebody? You're kidding me. And we, she left. We never saw her again. So um, I had to find someone I could be totally honest with and not be afraid to share that horrific thing I did and also to share about the affairs I had and the shame I had around those things. I mean, who am I? Those things were going to go with me to my grave. They were going to go with me to my grave. And as I uh, began Envision and I worked it, and I had a really neutral sponsor, very neutral, matter of fact, uh, stock and trade type deal as we hear about. You just take the stock and trade. You don't get emotional about it. But, you know, it is emotional. The first time round in the fifth step, it's very emotional. 
Um, we're revealing things we're ashamed about. We haven't really gotten to the fourth column uh, when we first begin where we see our part and we haven't had our sponsor reveal to it. So before we actually do it, <laughs> there's a lot of fear and trepidation and nervousness. And uh, it took me two weeks to get my fourth step down and then to have to think about sharing it was just horrendous. But that day came and I chose her because she was neutral. She understood and she had kind of told me she had done things, too, and that I didn't need to be ashamed. But I was still ashamed, and I was shaking as I told her, and I cried. But the thing is, totally honest, as I talked about in the previous paragraph, someone we can really share these things with, and because this opens up freedom. This is the first step, as I've heard many times on this line, to being humble, to, allow, to clearing out the dross, to taking the top layer off, <clears throat> so we can begin to have that sunlight of the Spirit stream in and out of our souls. This, I'm, I'm speaking to the newcomer, this is the beginning of letting that stuff go and beginning to walk in that sunlight of the Spirit. And um, it continues on. And what would we do if we didn't give it away to our sponsor and to God? What would we do with it? It would sit there and continue to fester and we'd feel horrible about ourselves. So this is the beginning uh, as we work towards the next steps and the humble steps, four right. through nine, and this is where we begin to get clearer, and then we have the 10, 11, 12 that we stay clear with every day. And I'm not I'm preaching to the choir to many of you, but um, I needed to hear this stuff when I was first in here. This is the way to freedom. So, And I'm very grateful to be free today, and with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Christina J. Karen K. Good morning. My name is Karen Kay, Recovered Compulsive Eater from Syracuse, New York, and my credits don't transfer. The fifth step is very important. Um, it doesn't need to be uh, harder than it has to be because I can complicate, you know, uh, like pole vaulting over fly shit. You know, I can complicate. I can compli- I can complicate anything. It's a form of letting go of the past. How free do I want to be? Because if I keep any secrets in that fifth step, it's going to affect my recovery in 10, 11, 12. So this is an opportunity for me to let go and to be as honest as I can be at, at the time. Because, you see, when I work with other people, um, I get to learn more about myself, too, because they'll say, Blank, blank, blank. I said, oh, dear, I did that, too. I forgot. I make a note of it, you know. Um, and it's also important, and um, not that, you know, everybody gives me their step four, but in some of the relationships that I have, you know, um, that form of a that relationship of a step five of being entirely honest, uh, being willing to let go, um, um, I, not that anybody's counting, it's like 51 days before I'm going to be married, and this man does not really care about my past. He knows about OA, he knows about my program, and how important it is. Very, very, very supportive. And he goes, it doesn't matter because I'm with you today. And that's a beautiful thing, and I do share things with him because I think it's important. Um so that's using the steps in my life. It's great to do a column one, two, three, four. It's great to, you know, get all the stuff off my chest so I feel better. You know, it's another to apply it to my life. 
I didn't get into recovery to sound good on a Vision for You meeting or an OA meeting because pretty much anybody can behave for the most part for one hour, pretty much. I've been to some meetings where that's not so, but pretty much we can all sound good. It's what do I do when I'm out of the meeting? And, you know, this is just one of the many ways that I can be honest with myself and with other people around me and not to keep any secrets. And with that, I will pass. And God bless you all. Thanks, Karen K. Deanna P. Good morning. May I be heard? Yes. Good morning, Deanna. Good morning. Thank you so much. Um, good morning, everyone. My name is Deanna Peake, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Wilmington, Delaware. So good to be with you all today. Um, uh, wow, I've really, really gotten a lot out of the shares already this morning. And um, the thing that resonates with me as far as my memory of the fifth step goes is, um, uh, you, well, let me just, let me just say, uh, we have no right to save our skin at another person's expense. Um, such parts of our story we tell to, tell to someone who will understand yet be unaffected. And um, for so long, um, you know, I, and I still am, I, I've, I've had a relationship with God uh, since uh, a little girl since I was like six years old. I I grew up in the church. I was taught many wonderful, loving things about God. So I had a great relationship with God as I understood him, right? And, um, but in my disease, how, in my disease, how could I fully uh, appreciate and understand this God that I, that I loved and that I knew that loved me when I didn't have the ability to, to heal myself from this, this thing. And um, so I would self-examine, you know, I did a lot of self-analysis, self, self-help, self this, self that, in an attempt to be rid of uh, my compulsion. And I felt that if confessing my deepest, darkest secrets to God would be enough. Um, but it really kind of goes against my understanding, uh, at least of my higher power, and this is my experience and my faith, um, the understanding of the Trinity. And there's three parts to it, right? And so in giving away my fifth step, there's a Trinity. There's the God of my understanding. There's uh, me coming to full terms and honesty with who I am in the presence of a third loving witness. And that was the missing piece for me. I needed an unaffected, loving uh, witness who would not judge me, who would create a sacred space for me um, to to tell my deepest, darkest secrets. And what happens to relationships when I don't eventually get rid of that is that, uh, you know, it's going to affect those relationships and they're going to be close ones, right? Like my daughter, my husband, both of my children. And if I have secrets and I'm holding them and I don't give them away, that energy that I'm holding inside of myself without my knowing it at a subconscious level is impacting that relationship. 
subterranean. Right. And thank you. So I needed that freedom so that I could free myself and be be there for my for my family. And um, yeah, with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you for sharing, Deanna P. Shana, what's your first initial? I didn't catch it. Good morning. This is Shanna C. from Tennessee. Oh, Shanna, Shanna C. <laughs> yep, <laughs> Shanna C. Gotcha. Um, Sorry grateful, recovered, <laughs> compulsive overeater. Thank you so much, everyone, for the shares. And very grateful to be in a recovered state. And when I read this paragraph, I can... I can remember what it was like, you know, going into a fist step for the very, very first time and, and, and expecting all this drama and all this fire, all these fireworks. And I don't know what I was expecting. Um, but what I ended up getting, um, you know, as, as someone who, who actually took the action is I got experience. I'm able to say, yes, I walked through this. I've become more properly armed with the facts about myself um, and doing this fifth step, I can say I've been there, done that to the next person I'm getting ready to help. Um, one of the things that I did experience was, um, you know, an increase of peace while at the same time feeling like a worm. <laughs> well, I don't know how else to say it. But, you know, I, you know, in, in revealing these defects of character um, and seeing what I had become left to my own devices and that no human power could help me, I mean, my heart became extremely like broken um over that like wow wow this was really me trying to run the show myself you know because the solitary self-appraisal in step four isn't you know it doesn't work you know and, and then having that having that sponsor there with me to also help me see my blind spots and some things that i didn't see you know it's about the change of perception that is required as well it's not for me wasn't just about dumping out everything that I had done wrong. It was about looking at the causes and conditions and realizing, you know, where my thinking was off at the time of, you know, these things were committed and, and you know, with, that I, I, I didn't have the power to do different. But now I'm tapping into a power to where if I see where I did wrong, I can go, go to God. And then later on in step six and seven, uh, but it took, going through step five to become entirely willing to have the God of my understanding remove the defects. So that's why these things are meant to be written in order. Grateful that, um, or taken in order, I'm sorry. Grateful that I did have someone to hear me and, and to guide me. And if I skip this vital step, I may not overcome the compulsive overeating. I mean, it's just, that's the best reason why I could ever do it. Um, Otherwise, I can't be useful to somebody else, which is why I was put on this planet to begin with. I didn't see it. What a gift to be actually able to see that now um, and that I really can be helpful in one way or another as long as I stay close to the God of my understanding, continue following the directions out of this book, um, and continue to be willing to, to share my experience with it and to help others the way I've been helped. So. Anyway, thanks for listening. I hope you guys have a wonderful Tuesday. Thanks, Shanna C. Crystal P. Hi, good morning. This is uh, Crystal P., Recovered Compulsible Reader from Toronto, Canada. Two things really stood out to me was, first of all, who, um, who I give my fifth step to is really important for me, but also what was 
what was what would usually do in my fifth step? It wasn't for me just a retelling of my history and just these are all the actual things that I did wrong. Um, you know, this is all the different ways that I hurt people and these are all the different bad actions that I took. But what was really helpful was, first of all, for me to give it to somebody who had lived it before me, um, who could share their own experiences so I knew that they were exactly what I used to be like and that they're not like that today. So it gives me hope that I can be different too. But most importantly, what I found really helpful in my fifth step is that we didn't just focus on the actions that I took. We focused on the patterns that I was living my life in. And in all of my different actions and interactions with people throughout my entire life, there are some core patterns, core beliefs that I've lived my entire life on. And the most valuable thing that came out of my step five was identifying what those core patterns are because those are the things that are driving all of my actions and all of my interactions with people. And those are the things that I take to God in my step six and seven to say, please remove them because these patterns are not working for me anymore. They're hurting me and they're hurting other people. So I think that was the most valuable thing was to identify the patterns and then identify what is what is the actual reality as opposed to the lie that I'm that I'm living my life on. And then the second thing is that I never do anything that will be inconsiderate or hurtful to somebody else because it was so easy for me to turn my amends into mini step fives. That's what I wanted to do was just exactly what I told my sponsor, like go over to my mom and my sister and my dad and just ramble out a list of all, remember the time that I did this and remember the time that I hurt you like this and you know, where I um, I spent my whole childhood hating you and thinking that you didn't love me. And remember the time I should have helped you with the dishes and I didn't help you with the dishes. And, you know, just list out all of my harms, you know. And I love this line. I have no right to hurt somebody um, to make myself feel better. And that's what I've learned throughout this entire step process is that this is not about making me feel better. This is about making me um to be of maximum use to people, to make me into a loving daughter and a loving um, friend and uh, just a loving person. And at no point is it okay for me to hurt somebody else in the process of doing that. And so when I, as an example, when I did my amends to my mom, I didn't list out all of the things that I did to her because actually her memory of my childhood was that she had two loving daughters who loved her. She feels grateful to God for every moment that she had with us. And I had no right to take away her memory of that time and change it into the fact that she had a daughter who hated her and who was inconsiderate to her and did all these horrible things to her. So instead, my amends to her were just, you know, I'm so sorry I didn't appreciate you the way that you really were with me. And I am saying thank you for all the wonderful things that she did to me for me in the way that she loved me. And so I'm so glad that I've learned that these amends and this process, the step process is not about me, but about making me who I need to be for other people. Thanks for letting me share it with Thank you, Crystal P. Jennifer, and I didn't catch your initial. Hi, good morning. This is Jennifer C. Recovered in Greenville, uh, South Carolina. Um, thank you all for your shares. <clears throat> I was just thinking about, you know, why why we do this work, like why we why we do something so humiliating, or at least that's how we see it, right, when we first get started. Um, you know, why do I tell somebody all the things that I haven't told anybody else my whole life, not even myself, right? I'm telling someone else things that I haven't even come to terms with on my own. And I do it because this whole process, this whole 
process is about this beautiful exchange with God. Um, I exchange my eating, uh, my, you know, my addictive foods, my compulsive eating behaviors, uh, destroying myself with food. I offer that up and I exchange it with God for freedom and neutrality uh, and space between my meals so that I can feel and so that I can grow. Um, but I can't have the one with, without the other, right? I have to be willing to let go so that I can receive something new. Um, and when I use the tools of this program, I get to exchange the isolation and the delusion of being in my own head um, with the connection and the truth that I get when I connect with someone else in this program and when I share my story with someone else um, and I go deep with that other person, I exchange this like deep, deep, deep shame that I've carried around my whole life. Um, and I get to exchange that shame. Here I am sharing all these things with someone and I get to exchange that for this acceptance. Um, and while it is my job to go deep and to be painstaking, um, I was so thankful for the women who took me through this work. And so many are on the line this morning because it took me quite a few. I had so many layers. I had so many layers. Um, but they said, you know, Jennifer, you were sick, baby. Like you were sick. Um, and now you're becoming well. And that was God. That was the voice of God. That was the sunlight of the spirit coming in and saying, you know, you've been sick. Um, and I was so sick. And I was so, so sick. And, you know, we know that we're sick because we know that the food is not normal. We know that, like, normal people don't do this with food. But it's not until we really get into this work that we get to see the sickness for what it really, really is. And at the very same time, we have this person that represents God that's sitting there saying, it's okay. It's okay. Um, so <laughs> this beautiful exchange. I mean, that's what we're all about. That is what we are all about. And the last, um, the last part about being hard on myself but being easy on others, I have to be reminded of this constantly. When I learn how to do this work, I feel like an inventory expert. <laughs> I can take other people's inventory like, like nobody's business, especially my spouse, right? Um, but the way I stay in the sunlight today is that I exchange that judgment and that criticism and that resentment and that self-righteousness. I exchange it for humility, love, and tolerance, which this book tells me is my new code, right? So thank you all. Um, thank you all for being part of this process of exchange with me. You're all just such gifts to me. Um, and, and I just, right. with that, I pass. Have a great day. Thanks, Jennifer C. I lost track of time. Penny C. Good morning. Um, thank you very much for your service, uh, Rebecca. It's always good to hear you. I'm Penny C. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. And um, this this paragraph, especially this last sentence, really um, my ears perked up when I heard the last sentence read. Because in and uh, 2015, at the very first uh, Vision for You um, convention, um, if people remember at Virginia Beach, at the break between speakers, um, the the host of the that weekend for us 
um, would conduct a sort of a big book trivia or quiz, if you will. And um, three people were chosen to come up and, and try to answer a question about the big book. And um, I was um, fortunate enough to be selected to uh, for one of those break uh, quizzes. And the, the question was, um, you know, to fill in the blank. The rule is we must be hard on ourselves but blank of others. And um, I, I surprised myself when I just blurted out, consider it. And I won a facsimile of the first edition of the first printing of the AA book with its big bulky pages. It was an anniversary um, edition that AA put out with a bright red and yellow um, dust jacket and bright red cover to it. And uh, I cherish, I really cherish that book. It's very, very interesting. I read the stories in that book often. But again, that last sentence means so much to me, to be considerate of others. I had the experience of taking a fifth step from someone who was in my face-to-face group for many years. This was quite some years ago. And one of the people who she had a resentment toward was one of my very best friends, who still is one of my very best friends today. And I didn't know then to say um, that that would not be um, helpful for me to hear about a resentment toward my friend. And so I listened, and it really caused me some um, some difficulty myself, some feelings that I had, sort of a resentment I had to talk to someone else about. So I learned that today, if I have a resentment toward somebody, I go to someone that I know is going to be objective, not someone's relative or friend, but all the people, so many people, we have 9,000 people on our member list, and most of them have, um, you know, no idea, no history with any of my close friends or relatives. And isn't it wonderful that we can go to someone like that who is, is objective and will be, um, you know, tell us what we need to hear and be honest with us. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. <clears throat> Thank you, Penny C. With just one minute to go, I'm not going to open up the floor, but I'm Rebecca F as in fellowship and I thought and from Connecticut and I thought I would just um share briefly that um you know it says here that um we tell someone who will understand yet be unaffected but just for the record as someone who has taken fifth steps I am affected um maybe not personally like you know I don't know the parties involved, but it it does have an effect, and I don't mean to contradict because it's a different kind of effect, but um, I learned so much from um, my sponsees, and it's so much easier to see uh, when I'm not affected. It's so much easier to see um, character defects or, um, you know, uh, I don't know, 
things in others that I can't see in myself, but then I get to apply it to myself. So it works in mysterious ways. And with that, I will pass and be the last person to share. So uh, thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, July 27th, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 17,431. That's 17431. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Nancy C. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Thanks, Rebecca F. Um, Nancy C., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater um, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And wow, I pray today that this meeting and this book never ceases to amaze me. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in the morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.